Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind. We're empathetic. We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you. But we do wanna take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them on to ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, and I am super excited today to have a guest a little different than some of the guests I've had on because she is a marketing career coach. So we have Laurie, is it Nilo or Nilo? Nilo. Yeah. Nilo. Okay. With us. And Lori, I want you to tell everybody about what for you a marketing career coach is. Um, and then we'll talk about some of the ways. So lest you beg off the podcast right now, if you're not looking for a job or you're not in marketing or whatever you think marketing career coach means, uh, there will be plenty of things in our episode today that will tie into so many different things as business owners, as employees, as people, because so often the way we do one thing is the way we do many things. And so yep. there will be plenty of things you'll be able to relate to today in this episode, whether it's directly in, in line with your career trajectory trajectory, or some other aspect of your life. So uh, with that, Laurie, thank you so much for being here. And please tell us all in the real world, what does it mean um, for you to be a marketing career coach and how do you help you know, people, what are you, what are you doing there with them? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so like Brenda mentioned, I am a marketing career coach. Uh, basically what it means is I am a former marketing professional turned career coach who is dedicated to helping job seekers start fulfilling careers in marketing. So I mainly focus on those who want to start a career in marketing, whether that's a recent college graduate, mm -hmm. um, career switcher, or even you might have a job in marketing that you don't love and mm -hmm. you want to stay in marketing. Uh, you just need help switching to a different part of marketing. Uh, that being said, if you aren't looking for a marketing job, I think that you should definitely stay for this episode because like Brenda mentioned, when you do one thing, that's probably how you do other things. And I focus on helping people do self-discovery 
and then combine that with a career so that they can like have themselves first and then wrap their career around them. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a um, desire to get into marketing, that's okay too. I think you'll find this episode really helpful in terms of defining who you are Mm -hmm. and then allowing the job hunting process to kind of help you find a career that is suited for you. Mm, I love that. I think that authentic self-expression is to me really for all of us, our purpose uh, in life, you know, for being here on this planet in this time, because that is what makes each of us unique, right? All of us have Mm -hmm. this unique blueprint of who we are. There's no one ever before or never will there be again, like you or like me or anyone listening here. And so to me, our number one job and where all the freedom lies really is in being able to express ourselves authentically, which means in each you know place of our lives, sort of like not just with my best friend, like there might be many of us who feel like, oh, I'm so you know authentic and I can totally be myself with my friend, but maybe not even so much with a spouse, you know, or other family relationships. There's plenty of people <laughs> who are not authentic. <laughs> Their original family, right? Like mom and dad and brothers and sisters. And then there's a lot of people who don't feel like they can bring that authenticity into the workplace because I think being in the workplace triggers this idea, and, and which is an old belief system of, well, I have to be this way, or I just, I have to be mm-hmm. who you want me to be. I mean, here's the job requirements, you know, so I have to be that. So how do you help people sift through the sort of practicalities of sure if it, if an employer is looking for a certain thing that matters um, but through that self-discovery process to know whether or not it, is, it even ends up being a job they would want to apply for and how to if it's not or whatever they learn in that process how to pursue things differently. Yeah so my mind went in like 10 different yeah. directions. <laughs> Well, let's just start Um, with how you help people get started in that discovery process. Like, what are some of the first questions when you meet with somebody that you ask? Yeah, um, the very first question that I ask every single person is if you could be successful, like success was guaranteed. Yes. uh, What would you be doing with your career? And I'm always surprised by people's answers. Um, I was just talking to someone who currently works in finance and he was like, oh, if, if success was guaranteed, I would work as an architecture, um, oh. as an architecture, as, a, as architect. an architect. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, so then you're like, okay, great. How do I go from finance to uh, being an architect. Yeah. And the way it works in the process I work through my clients with is we we try to find an architect and talk to them about the needs of the field. And then you, I guess technically the person who works in finance, would then be able to find the connections between what he does 
and what he loves doing and architecture. Yeah. Um, and then by talking to the architect, he can then find those holes that he, only he probably uh, would be able to provide because yeah. who's going to find a combination between finance and architecture. Right. Um, yeah. So that's those ways that, because I think like for me, there's millions of life coaches out there. Well, I don't know if there's millions, probably plenty of them and other career coaches. Right. But nobody does it exactly the way I do. Even if they're a coach, nobody does mm-hmm. it exactly the way you do, even if they're a career coach. And so there would be that way. I think that's such a great example where this person, both based on both their financial background and then just who they are and how they see the world through that lens and in other ways and how they could then contribute to an environment like architecture that is not something they've necessarily been schooled, you know, in mm-hmm. or whatever. So I love that because that ability to move out of the box of, well, I have this degree and so mm-hmm. I'm kind of doomed to this profession, right? Or I have the expertise. I remember when I was, I must have been in my mid 30s or something, and I was thinking about changing careers from real estate, which I had been in for, I don't know, 10 years or something at that point, into the grocery store business. And I, because I was looking at a management or leadership role in a grocery store chain, and somebody who I loved and respected and they meant no harm, you know, by what they said, I know in their own hearts, but was like, Oh, don't do it. Like real estate is what, you know, that's where you have to stay. And, and so I did it, you know, for another 15 years or so before I got into coaching, but so many times after that, I don't know that I would have been any happier. I'm like, whatever. It's not like there's some <laughs> magic in working in the grocery store industry. But I don't believe that anymore. The way I followed his mm-hmm. advice at the time, because I think that we can, one, we can be called to many different careers and there's always a way, do you find, like, I'm curious because I'm saying this, but I'm not a career coach. I feel like there's probably always a way you can connect the dot from what somebody's doing to what they really would want to do. And that's such a great question. If success were guaranteed, I, I tend to ask it, like if money and time were no object, mm. what would you be doing? But I love it. If, sex, if success were guaranteed, what is it you'd really want to do? Because that opens us up to an authentic desire. Yes. But do you do you find that you you can always find a way to connect the dots in any one person's life? Yes, and that's always crazy. Yeah. Um, I think that's also where my background in marketing comes into play, because um, you take someone else's experiences and loves, and then look at where the gaps are. Um, or the needs for employers and try to find a way to um, communicate that a person fills those gaps. So that's where my marketing background comes into place. Yeah, um, yeah, and actually a lot of people 
like, let's say one of my clients, um, she worked in quality assurance. Um, and now she wants to get into project management. And so I was like talking to her about why she wants to make the switch, why she thinks she's the best candidate for the role she's applying for. And it's amazing to hear all of the experience that she already has doing project management, even though project management wasn't her role. Yeah. And so then it just becomes about like communicating that experience in your resume, your cover letter, in any interaction you have with potential employers. Um, yes. so yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's obviously where your zone of genius is. So <laughs> that speaks to your gift there. So let's talk about the people pleasing part. And I wonder how, you know, and as always, folks, this is an unscripted uh, conversation that Laura yes. and I are having. So uh, she doesn't know I'm about to ask her this. Uh, I, but I'm wondering how often you find people who are in a profession or, you know, an aspect of a profession that they got into it to please somebody else because that was what their family wanted for them, or they just somehow got it in their head. That's what they were supposed to do. Or that's what, you know, people like me, like being a woman, like the first thing, well, the first thing I wanted to be when I grew up was a flight attendant. And that speaks to the absolute authentic true me that was probably always my calling and I didn't do it but um that was the first thing I wanted to do but after that I wanted to be a lawyer but I had the limiting belief in my because of my family and of course I'm a lot older than you are Laurie um so hopefully this is all well not hopefully I know this is changing in you know as the generations go but in my culture women weren't lawyers. Like that's just not, I, that to me wasn't something I could do. Probably similar to the way it never occurred to me to be a pilot. It only mm. occurred to me to be a flight attendant. Cause, so, and I don't, I'm not even saying as a little girl, I'm consciously thinking, or teenager for the lawyer thing, I'm consciously saying, oh, I'm a girl, I can't do that. But there's such a cultural overlay mm -hmm. of, of beliefs that we don't even question early in our lives yes. take into account as am I really thinking that way we just act in accordance with them so I wonder if you get a lot of people who were really um you know got into their career path because it was somebody else's good idea or and yes. it fading out do you do you think it's getting uh, do you are you embarrassed if I ask you how old you are? Too late. I'm not embarrassed. Okay, I prefer I'm, not to share it. I'll go first. I'm 60. <laughs> um, I'm 27. I typically don't share my age because as soon as they hear 27 year old what you career know? coach, who yeah. do you think you are? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you have this great life experience and you have, and I think, I mean, so you can tell me what you think people in their twenties are thinking. I have kids all throughout the thirties in, you know, in their thirties, mm -hmm. my oldest just turned 40. So I have a good sense of their, you know, at least their friends, you know, kind of their generation doesn't, is it nearly as self-limiting, but there's still this, oh, you know, there's still an, um, 
I don't know what the word is I want to use, that some sort of influence that tends mm-hmm. to keep them going in a way that is culturally acceptable. And I mean that could be culture at large, but definitely family culture. You know, we're all done. Mm-hmm. We're all this or, you know, we're not. We think those people are greedy and bad and, you know, yep. whatever. And so we don't do that, you know. And so I wonder, and I do want to say for the record, I think your age, you're in a perfect spot to be doing career coaching because, and I find that I have actually most of my clients are probably at least under 35, maybe not under 30, but under 35 which is an interesting thing to me because I never sought that out as a niche. It's just the people. Mm -hmm. And of course I coach some other people that are older too, but I don't care how old you are, but it's been intriguing to me to see the much younger people that have been coming to me. And I feel like you're not as far maybe from your authentic self as sometimes those of us who are older, um, because Mm -hmm. hopefully your parents we're a little wiser, you know, as the generations go, we hope we get wiser and wiser. Right. Um, but I think you're in the perfect spot to be open, right. To not be as limited yourself by your own beliefs. Cause one thing's for sure as a coach, if we have our own limiting belief, we bring that to our clients. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love your age for what you're doing, because you're not going to come, if I was your client, you wouldn't be coming at me with a lot of preconceived ideas of what I could be or should be doing. So Mm -hmm. with that, now, uh, tell me what you think about all that, now that I made you out yourself on your (laughs) age. No, um, I think part of it is culture at large. When you look at movies and um, look at the messages that were being broadcast to everyone, you're definitely told what success is. And so then you combine that with your family culture um, as a second generation Asian American. Uh I was told that success looks like an accountant, a doctor, an engineer. Um, I was lucky though. Yeah, My sisters kind of helped soften up my parents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so by the, by the time I came around, they were like, just please be happy. Okay. <laughs> be able to support yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've been doing a lot of work to unpack those um, definitions of success. Yes. Um, and I think that's part of how I became a career coach. Yes. Just look, trying to figure out like, what do I like about marketing? Um, cause I don't necessarily love telling consumers to buy luxury brand goods that, although I love myself, yes. would love to buy all the luxury brand things, yes. but at the end of the day, I'm like, how's this helping people? Right. Um, so then I re- kind of did some soul searching, talked to a lot of people and kind of realized that my strengths lay, uh, were, in helping others succeed and then helping them see how they can succeed. Yeah. Um, and what better way to do that as a career coach? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I think that's so beautiful. I, well, I'm so uh, loving what you said about your parents and your siblings softening them up. Um, 
really isn't that just to be happy and support yourself. Like that's the best advice any parent could give their kid, right? Mm -hmm. Like just to find, pursue the thing that makes you happy. So, okay. So we've got those first few steps of kind of figuring out how, whatever I've done in the past, like for me, well, I'll just use myself as an example, going from real estate to coaching. One, mm-hmm. that was definitely one of the things I did. Cause of course this was only three years ago that I went full time. So I'm in my late fifties, you know, not a spring chicken. I'm, you know, whatever <laughs> too late to change, you know, whatever, all those things people say, of course I wasn't believing any of that, but I did that same thing where I'm like, now let me connect the dots. What, what are mm-hmm. the things that I've learned in real estate? that are going to help me grow my coaching business. So once I know that kind of on an intellectual basis, do you find that your clients sometimes have a hard time almost like tra- transitioning their own idea of themselves that I could really actually like this financial guy that for him to believe he could really actually pursue a, a career in architecture, because he's obviously, you know, whatever, not still in college. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a big part of us, especially as people pleasers, but I think most of humanity shares this where it's just like, oh, not me, like that won't work for me. Like, I, I, how am I ever going to, you know, make that transition? nobody's going to buy it. Nobody, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. how do you deal with those limiting belief sides of it, even when you've tackled the sort of strategic or technical sides of it. Yeah. So um, that mainly happens when we put together the resume, mm. when they see on paper that they have experience that correlates to a job that they want to apply to, then I can, I can literally see in their faces like, oh, so I can do this. This is actually possible. Uh-huh. Um, and then it becomes about building the confidence of mm-hmm. being themselves because that's yeah. how they stand out. And then also gaining the confidence of networking mm. and trying to meet as many people as possible so that you have someone who is going to pass along job descriptions that might um, fit what you're looking for, or maybe they might know someone they can connect you with. And then eventually it kind of all leads to somehow getting an interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because other people have heard so many great things about you. Oh, so the networking piece is interesting because it makes me think of, like, I just had not put this together. It makes me think of the way that sometimes when we want something, especially if it's kind of outside of the normal box of whatever we think we're supposed to be in, uh, how we will kind of keep it secret, right? And not almost like we don't want to tell anybody. So the equivalent of that being, you know, your person figures out they could actually get into architecture, but they won't go network. Like they're keeping that all to themselves. Well, then of course there's no open door that can come. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about a story from your own life where you sort of allowed that something that was, you know, maybe a secret dream might sound too dramatic, but anyway, something you wanted (laughs) that was a little outside of the box and then having the courage to make it public. In other words, you know, whether that's networking or, you know, whatever the vehicle is in some way, putting that out in the world so that people know you're about to 
break the mold a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, the best w- example is me and my career coaching business. Every single day that I push out any type of content, I I have to tell myself like, this is not for me. This is for whoever needs help breaking the cycle, I guess, of yes. going after success yeah. that isn't their own definition. And I believe that one of the ways to break people-pleasing habits is to network. Uh-huh. It's what Network is what everyone calls it. I call it learning. Uh-huh. Go out there and learn, I guess, ways where you can fill in the gaps. Um, and then it's kind of, so this part's kind of like selling. So you okay. talk to someone in job hunting, it'd be like an employer. Okay. So you talk to them, you get to know what their needs are as you're actively listening to them. You're connecting like, okay, I can help them with that. Like, like this, or yeah. I know someone who can help them with that. Right. Um, and then it just becomes about learning rather than people pleasing, because I think the only person you should work to make happy or please is yourself. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to learn what will make you happy. And then understanding what will make you happy will make it so much easier to say no to people pleasing habits because you have an actual reason to not listen to someone else. Yes. I that's a great point. So the whole no, I think you're so right. I think it's so much easier actually for us to say no when we are really clear on what we want to say yes to. Mm-hmm. One of the things that ends up sort of engulfing people pleasers before they, you know, really realize it is they're so used to saying yes to everybody else. There's really not a lot of thought given to what am I saying yes to myself for? Mm-hmm. And whenever, you know, it goes both ways. If we're saying yes to this, I'm saying no to something else, whether I realize yes. it or not. So if I'm saying yes to everybody in my family or everybody in the workplace or everybody, you know, whatever, I'm saying no to myself on all mm-hmm. kinds of things. But I don't really realize it. So I may it may not even sink in with me consciously all the things that I'm sacrificing on behalf mm-hmm. of these other people, whether they ask me to or not. And I think that yeah. that's where that feeling of overwhelm, I always say like overwhelm in a way is a bullshit thing because not <laughs> exactly, but it's what happened to me. It's what happens when we keep putting other people or other ideas or other structures, systems ahead of our own needs because when we're putting ourselves first, I may get really, really tired because I'm doing a lot or it's a, you know, a deadline approaching or whatever, you know, but I, but I rarely describe it, nor do clients describe it to me as overwhelmed. They don't usually use that word. They'll just be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so pooped. I like, I've been working my ass. I've got this launch coming up. I got this thing, but, but it's stuff they wanted to say yes to. Yeah. So they're excited about it. Um, and 
I love also what you said about the learning, like changing sort of that reference point from instead of being out there networking, you're learning, you're learning about mm-hmm. people, you're learning about that profession, maybe, or, you know, a different group of people than you typically hang out with or whatever. And you're learning. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great, that's a takeaway for me, for sure. And to look at like, where else in my life do I need to be learning and be in that curiosity exploratory mode, mm-hmm. you know, and mindset instead of doing or thinking I already have the answer or, you know, all those other things that what is somebody expecting of me, you know, yeah. what, what can I learn? Yeah, it's probably something in your life that you are unhappy or feel overwhelmed about. Yeah, because I, do, I think overwhelm and guilt are both, those are like life's big red flags at us to say, hey, there's something here to look at. You know, not mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong, n- none of that, but just something's going on that instead of like the good tired you feel at the end of a project you were really excited about, it's mm-hmm. well, which I, you know, most people associate the word overwhelm with something negative. You know, they don't want, they don't want to be in overwhelm. And so I'm just taking that, you know, linguistically out uh, because when we're in stuff we love, when you've had a long, like I know for myself, I can end up putting in a 10 or 12 hour day, not very often. Cause I don't, I don't want to do that, but if mm-hmm. I'm into something I'm into in my business, that can happen. And I'll be like, Oh, wow. And sure. I'm tired. My brain's fried, whatever, but it feels good. Yeah. And there's like a lightness. Yeah. And something else that I've had to work with clients on is letting go of the labels, good and bad. Mm. Uh, It's something that I have to work on too. And I remember hearing that in like a yoga class and being like, what on earth are you even saying? But it makes sense. If you let go of the good and bad labels, it's easier to look at it and say, what can I learn from this? Um, And then when you ask, what can I learn from this? Then how can I grow with this learning? What can I learn? How can I grow? Like if we could just replace all of our judgmental questions, like, you know, Mm -hmm. is this good or bad? Did I fail or succeed? You know, did I, you know, whatever, is this right or wrong? Like, being able to ask that, what do I need to learn? Where do I need to grow? They're so empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, how do you help people? I think this is a good place to sort of wrap up with. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. I've loved it all. I'm curious how you help people create their own authentic definition of success, because mm-hmm. I think that you said this several minutes ago and I was going to jump up and down in my chair um, (laughs) because it is so easy to adopt a definition of success from somewhere other than your own heart and soul, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then to create a life around this is what success means when you haven't actually necessarily even created that definition for success and people pleasers oh my gosh we have this happen all the time because we're so into what everybody else wants and needs 
that adopting their formula or their mm -hmm. definition for success is just part and parcel. So how do you help people let go of those old thoughts, or maybe even start with challenging those old thoughts and find what their own success definition is? Yeah, I've noticed that it's really hard depending on where a person is in their career. Mm. A recent college graduate who is really excited to start a career in something that they studied, and they're like, I, I have a ton of student debt. I need to start paying this off. They are not as willing to listen to their own definition of success. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, Whereas I totally someone. You were going to say the opposite. I totally oh. <laughs> Because I'm thinking they should be open to all this, you know, discovery and exploring. But I guess the pressure of that, I just got this degree and I've got all this debt. And so it closes them off. Okay, super interesting. Keep going. Yeah. Whereas someone who's been working for a while, um, <laughs> you know, after you work for a while, you're like, you probably get to a point where you're like, what's the point of this? Yeah. This isn't, I'm not loving this anymore. And honestly, people can, they can go for so long being unhappy that yeah. you have to hit a, like a point yes. where you're like, I can't do this anymore. What needs to change? And how can I make that change? And so usually someone who has hit that point is a lot more open to defining what success is for them mm -hmm. and then making that happen. Yeah. Um, and the way I walk people through that is I call it the job hunting bliss method. Okay. It's called, it stands for um, build a foundation. And that's where we do the self-discovery and we put together all of your job application materials so that you can physically see that it's possible to do what you want to do. And then we go into the learn phase, which is networking, applying to jobs, and editing your job application materials based off of what you learn. Okay. And then you go into the interview phase and that's really hard for people pleasers Yeah. because you want the job, right? Right. Obviously, because you applied for it. Yeah. And that's where I really have to work with clients on staying strong in what they determine in the build phase. Um, after the interview phase is sign. And this is where obviously you sign the contract, but you have to do a deep dive of exactly why this is the right fit for you. Okay. Um, okay. And then set up for success is writing yourself a letter of why this is right for you. So that when you are working for a while in that job, and let's be honest, shit's going to hit the fan eventually. Right. right. <laughs> you can look at this letter and it's something physical for you to say like, okay, I'm, this is still true. I'm still yeah. learning these things. This is still going to help me with my career. And uh -huh. then you have a more objective way of deciding whether or not it's time to move your career somewhere else. Yes. I love that. And I love that it spells bliss. That's yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, so tell us, Laurie, thank you so much for everything you've shared. Tell us how um, people could get in touch with you. We'll put things in the show notes. Um, tell folks how to get in touch with you and how to um, work with you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I've learned a lot from talking to you, Brenda. Um, 
so yeah, if any of you have job hunting or career related questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at postcollege.journey. And if you're ready to start a marketing career that you love, (laughs) you can go to dreammarketingjobclass.com to sign up for a free training on the three strategies you need to stand out as a candidate. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love that. I remember you telling me when we talked about doing this that you had that um, free training. So I love that three ways to stand out because I bet even anybody who's not seeking a different job could listen to that and, you know, use it to get deeper into their own authentic nature. Because I think that that's very much a, you know, it's an unfolding, it's layer by layer. Mm -hmm. We find more and more of our authentic self and are able to notice those parts that, oh, I used to say this is how I am. But it mm-hmm. wasn't, it's not really how I am. It's what I was conditioned into being. Yes. And now I, now I know the difference, you know. And so it, it is a journey, not a destination. So thank you for that. We'll have all those um, links in the show notes. So you could, because obviously it's too hard to write down and spell correctly <laughs> all the things. So check out the show notes and we'll have all the links for you there. And Lori, I just want to, again, thank you. Um, for being with us and sharing your wisdom and the work you do. I think it's so important in helping people make that transition from, especially if it's something they've been doing that doesn't really light them up anymore, into Mm -hmm. something that does light them up. So I really appreciate you and your gifts in the world to help people with that. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody, we will see you in the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got a couple cool things for you coming up. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got a couple of great things in the show notes for you. So one, if you've heard me talk about a process I use with clients called the Solvent Method, I have put together a special bundle of podcasts that you can access through the show notes. You'll get the whole bundle in one email, and that way you can listen to the episodes that I recorded that explain this really simple process that you can use to self-coach, and then it will also give you sort of a window into what it's like to work with me. And on top of that, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes for you to schedule a connection call, because I hear from so many people in the podcast that they really connect with what I'm teaching and with what I'm coaching about, and it motivates them to wanna work with me. I would say probably three-fourths of my clients over the last six months or so have come to me through this podcast. So if you're thinking about working with me, click on that connection call link and book your 15-minute call. Of course, there's no obligation. We'll talk about whatever your goals are with coaching, what you're thinking about, and make sure that I'm the coach for you and if this is the right time for you. And then I also in the show notes have the link to my private Facebook group so you can come join me over there. So thanks for joining me for this episode.